Fasten your seatbelts, everybody. Bottom line, hey, I'm an Aleph. Amr, Rebbe, not in the Tia Purim. Rebbe planted some kind of tree on Purim. And he bathed. He bathed at the markets in the public bathhouse in Sipairi on Shiva Azabatamus. And he wanted to uproot Tishabav. So, three controversial things that Rebbe did. He, he planted on Purim. He did work on Purim. He bathed on Shiva Azabatamus, which is somewhat of a day of mourning. And he wanted to uproot Tishabav. But for Layo Aidulai, the Chachamim did not agree with him. The Baba Zavda said back to Rebel Lazar, who quoted these three things, and he said, You got him messed up. Don't say he was trying to ruin Tishabav. That's not what the story was. You think he wants to just get rid of Tishabav? It was a Tishabav that was a Nitcha, it was on Shabbos. And we hold it gets pushed off to Sunday. Rebbe holds it once you push off Tishabav and it's not on the correct day. He just pushed it off entirely. But it's not like he was trying to get rid of this. Like <laughs> he wasn't trying to get rid of this above. He just held that once he pushed it off, it's not on the right date anymore. You don't have to uh, fast. But the did not agree with him. So Rav Elazar said to Rav Abba, who corrected him, two heads are better than one. Shkayach for correcting me. Zagnimar. Rebbe, so now we're really getting into the Hulkas Purim. Rebbe, heichen of the Tia Purim. How could Rebbe go and plant a tree on Purim? Fa'atani Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef taught Simcha umishte v'yomtev. The Pesach says the Purim should be celebrated. Simcha umishte v'yomtev. What are these three things? Simcha, malamish asurim behesed. You can't make it a sad day of eulogies. Mishte, malamish asur betainis. You can't fast. You gotta eat. You have to have a party. V'yomtev. What does v'yomtev mean? Malamish asur betainis malacha. You can't do malacha. It's yomtev. How can you go and plant a tree? Zagnimara Ella must be also a little change in the story. Here we go. Ella Rebbe Bara Beisar Hava. Rebbe was a person who celebrates Purim on the 14th. Fechinata, and when did he plant? Bechameisar Nata. He planted on Shushan Purim. No big deal. Fechinata is not true, ain't he? It's not so. For Rebbe Bara Hava, Rebbe lived in Tveria. Tveria, Mekav is coming, Yisrael Shubin and Hava. Tveria celebrates on the 15th. <laughs> it was Walt in the time of Shua. Ah! So you might, hello, okay, let's switch around. Rabbi Bakamezava, Rabbi was a 15 guy. And he planted on the 14th. Okay, not so terrible, a little controversial, but no big deal. One second. Uh, is Rabbi so sure that Tiveria celebrates on the 15th? Because its walls were so ancient from the time of Yeshua Benun? another Tana. Chizkiah celebrated both days. He read Megillah and Tveria on the 14th and 15th. Why? He wasn't sure if Tveria has the status of We're going to see later on. It wasn't a question of the age of the walls. We're going to see later on. It's a different question if the sea is considered like a wall. But anyway, so he wasn't sure and he read on both days. So how could Rebbe go and plant on one day if we're not so sure what day is supposed to be celebrated? And the Gemara, Chizkiah wasn't sure of the status of Tveria, so he kept both days, but Rabbi was sure of the status of Tveria. He kept it on the 15th, and he was able to plant on the 14th. Frankly, more one second, but keep see delay. And even if it's Pasha to him that Tveria is celebrated on the 15th, Mishari, is it permitted? Vaksev, the Megillah Sinus, doesn't it say in Megillah Sinus, we darshan, es yom arbo asar, es yom chamisha asar, the 14th day is celebrated and the 15th day is celebrated by different cities. But, but, well, yeah, that's the Pasuk, but in Megillah Sinus, which is a record of all the days that were not allowed. Fast, it says, What? 
It says, Yoimi Puraya Inun. These two days, the 14th and 15th are the days of Purim. The Lailam is behind. You're not allowed to have on them. But Amrava, what's the Megillah's Tain telling you? We all know the 14th and 15th are Purim. And you don't say, I spade them. What's the Megillah's Tain is telling me? Zagrava, the Kiddush Megillah's Tain is like, Nisra, Lesra, Shelzeh, Bashelzeh. It's coming to say that a regular city does not say Tachnun or fast on Shushan Purim. And Shushan doesn't say Tachnun or fast on regular Purim. Each day celebrates a bit. With the other, each community celebrates with the other one. It's not a full fledged Purim, but they celebrate the day of Simcha. So even if Rebbe held it to where he is the 15th, what's he doing going around planting things on the 14th? Zagdi Yimara, no big deal. When we say that you're supposed to celebrate together with our brothers, like on Shushan Purim, it just means not having school, and it means not having Tachanun, and not fasting. It only forbids you to have a sad day of eulogies and fasting. Of a malacha, but to say that it's a holiday? To aser malacha, to forbid malacha? Only one day is, is aser, but the other day is okay. So if Tverio was celebrated on the 15th, Rabbi was able to plant the tree on the 14th. It's mashma from the Megillah that it's both days, Simchum is Yeah, Yomar Ba'asar, Open cities and multis. Zagmar. What? No, no, no. It's two different subjects. We dashed it earlier. You missed yesterday's dash. Zagmar. Vesulai. Frank Digamar. Sorry. Yoimakot Vesulai. Only one day that's also Mulaka and not two. Frank Digamar. Any, but it's not so. Varav. You tell me we only celebrate one day, not both days. Varav. Chazil Ahugavra. Rav once saw a certain guy, the Havakashadi Kisna Pipuraya. He was placing his flax on Purim to get dyes. To absorb the it was like the beginning of the weaving process to absorb the color. The latte and Rav cursed the guy. You're doing this on Purim? Rav cursed him. Sorry, he wasn't doing it. He was planting. Sorry, he was planting flax and Rav cursed him. And the flax didn't grow. So you see that you're not even supposed to do it on the other day either. Zagdi Gemara, what are you talking about? Who said that the story of Rav? was a guy planting it on the other day. It was the regular day of Purim for this guy. And Rav saw a guy, instead of celebrating Purim, he's sitting there planting his garden. So Rav cursed it. Rav abraded the Rav Omar, a whole different terrace. So our terrace was based on the fact that Rebbe celebrated the 15th, and the 14th he went and planted trees. Rav has a different terrace. You could even say that Rebbe was planting a tree on the day of Purim itself. On the 15th, when Tiberius celebrates. So, why is he planting? Hesbet Vitainus Kabilo Aleu. Kleiser accepted it to be a day that you don't have eulogies and you don't fast. But Malacha like Kabilo Aleu. We never accepted it to be a holiday that forbids Malacha. So, Malacha is permitted. You're allowed to plant trees on Purim. You could drive on Purim. You could go on your phone on Purim. Purim is not a day like a full fledged holiday. We never accepted an Isra Malacha. Zogdi Gemara. Um, if you look at the Psukim, first the Pasuk says, when it says Esther and Mordechai tried to institute Purim the first time around, it says, a day of happiness, a day of eating, and Yom Tov, a holiday. But a little when it says that Kleisel actually took it upon themselves, it says, it just says a day of eating and drinking and joy. But the Ilu Yom Tov like Sif. It doesn't say there was Yom Tov. So you see that Mordechai has to try to make it a full-fledged Yom Tov, but Kleisel didn't take it upon themselves. So therefore, you're allowed to drive, you're allowed to go on your phone on Purim. So Rebbe planted a tree on the day of Purim itself. Well, then I have a problem. The guy that was planting flax, why did Rav curse him? 
It's something that was permitted, but in that community, there was a minute not to do malacha. That community treated Purim. It, it, yeah, if you're not doing the minute, I'm So he was planting while everybody in this town, you know, treated Purim like, like a yomtiv mamish. So he cursed him. Ubasri, the Rebbe, in Rebbe's village, in Rebbe's, you know, zip code, over there, like, no, they didn't have the minute of forbidding malacha. So Rebbe was able to plant a tree, and this other guy was not. Ibai Zema, third answer to this problem with Rebbe, it could be even in Rebbe's town also, they had a minute not to do work. So how could Rebbe go and plant a tree? So He wasn't just Stamaze doing gardening or planting his farm. He was planting a tree of joy. What's a tree of joy? And that's part of the celebration of Yom Tif, of Purim. They, they only asked you from doing business, from farming. But to plant a tree of joy, that's part of the Simcha. You could do that. What's a tree of joy? So tomorrow, where do we find such a concept? The Tanah, we went to the Mishnah. This is regarding Tainus, when it's not raining, we institute fast days for the communities that it should start raining. So the Mishnah says, Avruelu, you guys are learning Tainus. Avruelu, if the first period of time goes by that we're expecting rains and they don't come, and our prayers weren't answered, we start diminishing we start diminishing businesses. We tell businesses to close early or only have like a, you know, one entrance to the store open to show, uh, uh, you know, a period of mourning. Bebinian, we don't build things. Ubenetia, and we don't plant things. Ubeiris in the museum, we don't have engagements, betrothals, or, or marriages. We go through a period of mourning when we don't have rain and our tulas were not answered. But on our law, we learned on this, when does it say that you can't build and you can't plant? Binyan, you can't build a binyan shal simcha. This is the same halacha that we have during the nine days. You can't build something of simcha, a luxury. Natiya, when we said you can't plant, it means natiya shall simcha. You can't plant a tree of simcha during this time of mourning. So, what's a tree of simcha? shal simcha. A building of simcha is a guy who builds a wedding hall for his son. Ezu, you guys just had this in Psachim where it says that. Uh, who was it that ran to his son's yes. wedding hall because oh, the camera yeah, went yeah. out? So they used to build it. They used to build a chasnol and then it became the person's home. They ended up living in that building. Right. Anyway, um, what's considered a planting of simcha? That's a person who plants this, this uh, I don't even know how to, what's an aborniki. It was a thing that kings would make, a bagoda, what's it called? Like, almost like a sukkah made of flowers and, and oh. aromatic plants for shade to sit and chill during the summer outdoors for shade. So that was called a, bin, a tree of simcha, a plantation of joy, and you don't do that during a time of mourning, you could do that on Purim. Gufa. Okay, what was the question of Tveria, if Tveria is considered walled city or not? Here we go. Chizkiah, Kari B'Tveri, Ba'abes of Hamesa. We said that Chizkiah read both days in Tveria. Mesapkali, Mukafeschem, Yimais Yeshua, Menun, Mi, Eloi. He was not sure if Tveria is considered walled in the times of Yeshua. What was his question? Me, Mesapkali, Milsa, the Tveria? Did he have a question about the walls of Tveria? Vaxiv, the Pazik says that when Klaisel conquered Eretz Israel, it goes through a whole bunch of cities that they conquered Eretz Israel, and it lists the walled cities from the times of Yeshua when they conquered Eretz Israel. And it says, Orei Mivzar, fortified cities. Here we go. Hatsarim, Tsar, Hamas, Rakas, Kineres. Five names of cities. Sorry, Hatsadim. Tsar, Hamas, Rakas, Kineres. Five names of cities. Vakaimalon, Rakas, Utreya. Rakas, which is listed as a fortified city, it means it had walls, is listed when Yeshua came into Eretz Israel. So you see that Tveria had walls from the times of Yeshua Benun. Rakas with Tveria. 
So what was Chizkiyah's questions? Like, this is the reason why Chizkiyah was not sure. If any of you have been to Tveria, Tveria is on the Mediterranean. So therefore, one side of Tveria didn't have a wall. It had the Mediterranean Sea. So Chizki had a question. Is it considered walled or not? What's his question? If one wall, if one side was open to the sea, then what was Chizki's question? Because we learn in the halachas of Bate Eirechaimu, selling cities in Eretz Yisrael, the right to buy them back, or not the right to buy them back. To tell we're looking at rice over there, as a only a city that has walls, and we dodge of a a row of houses that are connected to each other, serving as a wall, is not called a walled city. It's got to be a fortified city. Saviv, it says all around, Pratla Tveria. Tveria is not considered a Bate Arechaim, a walled city, because Sheyama The sea is one of its sides, is one of its walls. So you see, Bate Arechaim is not called a walled city. What? No. Maybe you need a ten foot, a ten tefach magitza. So if you have a wall, if it's a gradual sand build up, no. But if you have a wall like uh, the FDR drive, that might be considered a magitza. But anyway, Zagdi Gemara, we see that Tiveria is not called a walled city because it doesn't have a wall on that side. So what's Chizkiyah's question? That's based on a Pusik that excludes the sea. There's no question. It's not a walled city for Bata Yerachayma. But Kika Masabkali, Chizkiyah's question was about Purim. My, what's the din? When the Megillah says that open cities celebrate on the 14th, it's because these open cities were totally open and threatened by their enemies. My Is it because these are open and these are not open? Tveri also is open to the sea. So it's open as you read on the 14th. Or is it a question of the threat from their ed- from the enemies? And a wall city is protected. Open city is not protected. But Tveri that has three walls and the sea is also protected. They didn't used to have a navy in those days. So then Tveria is protected and then we should consider it like a walled city to read on the 15th. So that was the question. Is it just a question of open and closed or is it a question of security? If it's a question of open and closed, it's open. If it's a question of security, it was secure. So he wasn't sure what the, what the halakh is based on with Megillah and that's why Chizkiah read on both days but Rabbi was confident that it reads only on the 15th. Okay, we're going to go into a whole Agatha now about different cities in Eretz Israel. Rav Asi read the Megillah in Hutzal, the name of the city, Barbesa Vakamesar, both in the 14th and the 15th. He wasn't sure. He just wasn't sure about the age of the walls. Some say, This Hutzal, which comes from the tribe of Benyamin, it was. Considered Walt from the time of Yeshua Benun, and it reads on the 15th. When I was a young boy, I asked something that I later asked the sages, and I turned out right. I said something as a youngster, and hey, I was right. What did I say as a youngster? That project that we quoted before, with these interesting names of cities in Eretz Israel, I, I interpreted those names. Chamas Zutveria. We said the opposite. Before we said, before we said, Rak is a tray, and we're going to correct it soon. But Chamas, as a youngster, um, who was talking over here, Rabbi Yechen. Rabbi Yechen says, as a youngster, I said Chamas is Tveria. Why is it called Chamas? I'll show Chamei Tveria, because the hot springs that Tveria is known for. Rakas zutsi poiri. Why is it called rakas? It has a very high elevation, like the seashore over the sea. Kinares 
This refers to Ginoisar. Why is it called like the harp? The Matiki Perik color of the Kinri. The fruits of Ginoisar were so sweet, like the sound of a Kinar, so it was called Kinaret. So Bjergland said these are the interpretations of the three names of the cities, and I was right what I was having as a kid. Amarava, what are you talking about? Is there anyone? That 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 argues on the fact that Rakas it's very Nachamas it's very Rakas it's very. I'll bring you a few proofs. Here we go. Vakishakif in a If a person dies over here in Bavel, Hasam Saptile over there in Eretz Yisrael in Tiveria, they give him a hesped and they say as follows: Hakamas Saptile Haki. They say as follows. Open quote. Godoyel who b'Sheishak. He was a great man in Bavel and Atba Sheishak is Bavel. See, he was a great man in Bavel. V'Sheim Loi Berekas and he had a name all the way out here in Rakas. So you see, Tiveria identifies themselves as Rakas. Vikimaske Aroina. Lahasam. And when someone's coffin goes to Tiveria, they say as follows, open quote, Oh, have Saridim, those that love the Saridim, the leftovers of the Klai Israel, Yoshi Raka, settlers of Rakas, there we go, Rakas is Tiveria, Tzuva Kabla Ruka, Emeko, and, and um, escort and, and uh, greet those that have been killed in the depths of Bavel. So you see again that Rakas is Tiveria. So I more, an actual story about this, Kinoch Nafshi Rebzeira, when Rebzeira died, a certain eulogist said about him, Eretz Shinar Hara the land of Shinar, which is Bavel, gave birth, was impregnated and gave birth to a great man. And Eretz Tzvi, Gidlov Shashuah, but he came, he immigrated into Eretz Israel, and he rose up, the land of the Tzvi, which is Israel, uh, raised up its plaything, its most favorite person, which was Reb Zerah. To it, says Rakas. It lost its precious vessel. So again, Rakas is Tveria. So goodbye, Rabbi Yechanan. I don't know what you're talking about, Chamas is Tveria. Rakas is Tveria. And you were saying Rakas is, is Sipairi. You're wrong, Rakas is Tveria. Ella, Amar Abba, rather, let's correct what Rabbi Yechanan said as, as a young child. Really, Chamas do Chamas is not referring to the springs of Tveria. Chamas <coughs> does referring to hot springs, but to a different city. Chamei Gerar. Rakas, Zutveria, like we said before. Kineres, Zuginoisar. That goes like Rabbi Yechonon said. Kineres and Ginoisar. Lomeli goes to Rakas. So why is Tveria called Rakas? Because even the empty people, the Amaratsim, the unlearned people of Tveria, were filled with mitzvahs like a pomegranate. So it's a it's a shout out to the empty people of Tveria because they weren't really so empty. Why weren't they so empty? They did the my pshat and rima, my pshat and pomegranate. What they knew. They What's did. my pomegranate pshat, Rabbi Zai? What they knew they did. They didn't have that much learning. They weren't that learning, but what they, they were knew committed. They were committed. Like the seeds of a pomegranate. A pomegranate doesn't have flesh, of fruit. It has seeds that are the fruit. The remind represents somebody who right now might be empty. You don't have the flesh, you don't have the meat of fruit, but he's macabre, he has all the seeds of potential in him because he's committed. Okay, Rabbi Yirmeh, that's Nasev and Ishma, Pamin Vrimoin on the middle of the Kayin. Pamin Vrimoin is Nasev and Ishma. Okay. Rabbi Yirmeh Omar, Rakas Shema. The real original name for Tveria was really Rakas. Lomar Goshemet Tveria. Tveria got a nickname. Why is it nicknamed Tveria? Sheyushevus Betibura Shel Eretz Yisrael. It's like the abdomen. It's the center of Eretz Yisrael. Rav Amar Rakas Shema. The real name is Rakas. Lomar Goshemet Tveria. Why was it called Tveria? Shetova Reiyas. It's a contraction of two words. There's beautiful views. It's gorgeous, Tveria. Amar Zeira. Katroin Zutzi Katroin. 
which I think was the uh, Babylonian name for it. Um, this refers to the city of Tzipayi. Why is it called Tzipayi? Like a bird? It's very elevated, like on the top of the mountain, like a bird. The Katrin Tzipayi. One second. It's Katrin Tzipayi. We're going to get a little math. Who's here? Anybody here good at math? Here we go. Get ready. Got to apply our minds for this one. So we just suggested that Katrin is Tzipayi. Okay, and we're going to bring a contradiction to this. Is Katrin Tzipayi? One second here. For Katroin Bechelkei Shel Zavulan. Zavulan is the one that got Katroin. Tixiv, as it says in the Pasuk, Zavulan, Lehoyrish, as Yoshe Katroin. Zavulan did not inherit and kick out all the Goyim that were living in Katroin. So you see that Zavulan was supposed to inherit Katroin. Katroin is Zavulan's. Uzavulan Misraim Amidois of Hava. And Zavulan, we know, was complaining about his lot in Eretz Israel. He kvetched. Shednemar, Pasuk says, Zavulan. Am Kharif Nafshulamus. Zvulin is like a nation that's like scratching itself to die. It's like so upset about something. Matam, why was he so upset? Because Naftali was on the high fields and they would have nice farmlands. And Zvulin was complaining about his lot. What did Zvulin say? Zvulin said to Hashem, you gave fields and vineyards to my brothers. And you gave to me mountains and valleys. My, my brothers, you gave land. And you gave to me half of my land is in the water. You're going to have a monopoly. We spoke about this last week in the Birch Yaakov. Everyone's going to need you, Zvulun. Right? So Zvulun did, uh, went onto the sea, right? He was shipmen. They went to the Zagdimar. Why? You're going to have a monopoly on the Kalazan fish. Everyone's going to need you for the tzitzis. So Nehemiah says in the Pesach, I'm the Mayikro. The nations, meaning the other tribes, are going to call out to the mountains where Zvulun lived. And for the treasures that are hidden in the sands. Turning of Yosef, Svune Zechilazin. Tmuni Zetris. That's a type of fish. Choyl some kind of like white crystal or white glass that they were able to get from their sands. So they had a monopoly on a few different uh, industries. For questioning God. Doesn't seem like it. That's not enough. Because yeah, I've got tons of shores. Who's going to tell me if people are stealing my sands and producing their own crystal or stealing my chalazin fish? You have people going out on expeditions. Who's going to, you're telling me I have a monopoly? They will only sacrifice righteous sacrifices. What does that mean? Whoever's going to take from you. Whoever's going to try to shortcut, you know, and, and get around the dealer and get around you, his business is going to fail. It's going to have a curse. Only these things are only going to be blessed through you. Okay, so bottom line is we have this whole madras over here that Zvulun complained about his lot. Now Zvulun had Katrin. Okay, that's a fact. Now if Katrin equals Tsipiri, Tsipiri was awesome. Tsipiri was a great place to farm, to plant. What's he complaining about? Oh, I only have sand and water. Tsipiri was awesome. Here we go. If you think Katrin equals Tsipiri, that's the same thing. Why on earth was he complaining in the first place? Tsipiri is awesome. Maybe you're going to tell me if he tamer. Maybe you're going to say he was quetching. Even though it is Tsipari, he was still quetching. The less base, Zavas Cholodvash. Maybe Tsipari doesn't produce milk and honey. 
I saw the produce of milk and honey from Tzipayri. There was 16 mil by 16 mil, which is four parsa by four parsa. Okay? Which is 16 square parsa. If you spill out all the milk and honey of Tzipayri, you'd get 16 square parsa. That would be the amount if you could measure it. I don't know, it's big, whatever it is. No uh, 10 miles, 10 square miles. Okay, 16 square parsa. Now you're going to tell me, okay, that's a lot, but maybe it's still less than everybody else produced. And I was just, well, so he was complaining. It's not fear, I got less. Maybe you're going to say that that milk and honey of Tsipari was disproportionately less than all his brothers, and that's why he was complaining. I saw the entire produce. I don't know if it means he actually saw it or he saw the statistics, but he saw the entire produce of milk and honey of Eretz Yisrael. The Hava came and Kubi and Akel Balkani. It was from this place to this place. Twenty-two parsa its length. Upusya shisa parsa. Twenty-two by six. A little math. Twenty-two by six. Huge. Hundred thirty-two. square parsa. That's for twelve shvatim or eleven shvatim. Drop Levi. Okay, so basically, if you divide that equally amongst all the Shvatim, it's about 12 square parts of Rashavit. And Sipayuri had 16 square parts. <laughs> so, if anything, Sipayuri is doing better than the rest of his brothers. So, we're back to our question. If Sipayuri is, is Katrain, what's Zvolin complaining about? Okay? Zagdi Yamara, Afilu Haki, still he was catching. You know why? He would have preferred the flatlands of fields and vineyards over the hills and valleys of Katra and Tsipayri. Even though it's producing awesome stuff, it's harder. <laughs> it's harder. It's hills and valleys. It's harder. And that's why he was complaining. Take a nap. He's like, I'll even prove it from the precise wording in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, why was he complaining? He says, hey, look at Naftali. He's on the top, the tops of the plateaus with flat grounds and fields. That's what he was upset about. See, whether you're right, productivity-wise, he was doing better than his, than his brothers, but it was a hard job for him. He had the seashore, he had sand, he had boats, and he had hills and valleys. So that's what he was complaining. So this is not a kasha. It could be Katrin is Tsipoiri, and he still was clutching about it. Zog to Gemara. Good, Aaron? New piece. Here we go. Let's start talking about the game a little bit. Omer Abiyavo, the Akrain Tiyakir. There's a pasuk in Sefania that in the future Akrain, which was a stronghold for Goyim, will be uprooted from the Goyim and go to the Yidden. What does this refer to? What's Akrain? We didn't have that yet. We didn't have Akrain yet. So Gemara, what's Akrain? Zukisri Bas Edom. This is Caesarea, the capital of Edom. It sits between the sands. It was very hard to attack them because all around them was sands. And it was like a peg stuck in the back of the Jews, always causing us tsaris. In the times of the Greeks. But when the Kashmirnoi overpowered them, they changed the name of Akroin to Achidas Migdal Shir, the captured tower of song. Okay. It says, of the four exiles. So it says, I will remove the blood from its mouth. This was a that, that he had of this big, huge statue 
big, huge uh, beast. And there, there was in his mouth different cities and countries that, uh, that uh, I think it was Rome, whoever it was, that took control of him. Hashem says in the future I will remove the blood from its mouth and his abominations from between his teeth and it meaning the capital cities of the Goyim will be for our God what is it referred to I'll remove the blood from its mouth this refers to this big base that they used to have it's going to be taken away from them it's abominations from between his teeth another base that they used to have and it will end up remaining for us, for our God. They will remain as places of service for Akash It says it'll be like a leading place in Yehuda, and Akroin will be like Yevusi. Yevusi refers to Yushalayim. That's what Ravna uh, Hayevusi, no? The Jebusite. That's what Davon Amelak bought the real estate for the base of Midas for. So, like the center of Eretz Israel. All these places in Rome and Bavel and these places of Gullus will become very, very Jewish places. This refers to the theaters and the circuses. City field. MetLife. That the future, the great leaders of the Jewish people are going to teach Torah in them in public. This was Mamash fulfilled at MetLife, right? You know what they were saying? MetLife is mace, life, mate, death, and life. Usually it's doing things that bring people to death. Kashmir, sports, pizzas. And now they were doing the CMHS in it. Ah, that's Eitz That's Met Life. Leshem Zupamais, that refers to a place called Pamais. Akrain Teokar, uprooting Akrain, Zukisri Basedim, like we mentioned before, that's Caesarea of Edom. She is a metropolis in Shemalachim. It was a, a, a center city, a capital city of kings. Some people say the kings were raised up over there from youngsters, like princes, into kings. They would choose and elect kings over there. Bottom line is, this was a major metropolis of Rome, and it ended up becoming into Klaiyisrael's hands. So, Gemara, Kisri Yerushalayim, Caesarea and Jerusalem, they're opposites. If somebody will tell you that both of them are desolate, empty, destroyed, don't believe him. If somebody tells you that both of them are settled and built and growing, don't believe him. They're opposing powers. Edoim, Caesarea, the capital city of Rome, and Yerushalayim are complete opposites and they work on a seesaw. If Kisri is destroyed and he tells you that Yerushalayim is settled, or Yerushalayim is destroyed and Caesarea is built, that's something you could, be, you could believe. It says, if it will be filled, the destroyed place. But we doubt it to mean, in Malaya Zoo, if this city is filled, Kharva Zoo, the other city is empty. And if the other city is filled, then the first city is empty. Caesarea and Yushalayim are on a seesaw. Another pasuk for this. There's the pasuk that Rivki made who got from shame when she wants to know what's going on inside her. Yaakov and Esau. What happened? He said, One nation will always overpower the other nation. That refers to Caesarea and Yerushalayim. No, 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 no. What? Is that lost until the death? I don't know. Caesarea exists? So I guess Yerushalayim is destroyed. No, Bunch of fry yet? <laughs> oh, the ruins are there, you mean? Yeah. Oh, you mean it's not, it's not a civilized place? No, it's, it's a tour place. place. Okay. 
last piece. Here we go. Amrav Yitzchak. You got to hear this piece. This is the, one of the most amazing pieces in all of Gemara. This, the, the, the Yaivet says, was written with Ruach HaKadosh about World War II and Germany. I may have done this with you sometime, like when I subbed you guys. Listen to this piece. Amrav Yitzchak. Madik said what in the Pasuk. Yuchan Russia Balomitzedek. Let the Russia find favor in your eyes, God. Is there no Limutzedek? Is there no Limutzkus that you could find for the Russia? Who is this talking about? Amar Yitzchak Lefniakash Baruch. Yitzchak Avinu said to God, Rebbeinu Shalaylam, Yuchan Esav. Let Esav find grace and favor in your eyes. You hear this? Yitzchak is davening on behalf of Esav, his beloved son. Amalai, the Ibsta told Yitzchak, no way, Russia. He's a bad guy. I'm not going to find favor. <laughs> He's a bad guy. There's no limit. You can't find anything good about him. In the land of the straight, correct people, he will be crooked. Meaning he's going to destroy the beauty, the truthfulness, the spirituality of Yushalayim. He's going to destroy Yushalayim. Oh, then Yitzchak gave up on Esav. On Malay, he said, He should never see the glory of Hashem. And what, I thought Yitzchak thought that Esav was a good guy. That's, yeah, that's right. He was praying for Yitzchak. He was praying for Esav. Yeah, Yitzchak was praying for Esav. Oh, yeah. And then Hashem said, But he's going to destroy yeah, Yushalayim one day. She said, Okay, forget about it. That's how he found out he's back? I guess it was Mahamash at the end. Yeah. Still yeah. Want, you want him to give him a blessing? Though. What? He was still willing to give him I'm a saying this was only at the end when he finally realized, yeah. Amr Yitzchak, here we go. Here we go about the Holocaust. Ready? What does it say in the Pesach? Hashem, don't give in to the desires of the wicked person. Don't remove his nose ring. Because he will be uplifted forever. If you remove his ring from his nose, he's going to be uplifted forever. What is going on over here? Amar Yaakov. Instead of Yitzchak, now we got Yaakov. Esav's adversary. Yaakov says, Don't give in to Esav's desire. Don't give in to Hitler's desire. Don't remove the ring that's holding him bound and tame. This is Germany of Edom. Germany did not exist in the times of the Talmud. This is written with absolute, complete Ruach HaKodesh. There was no place that the historians could track with the name Germania or Germania, Germany. It didn't exist. What? Shame Malchus It's some kind of country from Edom. It didn't exist then. But watch what it says. What? Uh, over there, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, listen to this. If they're allowed to go out, if you don't hold them back by their nose ring, if they're allowed to go out, they'll destroy the entire world. Listen to this. There's 300 provinces with like princes, governors, mayors in Germany. This is true, factually, historically. There's 365 provinces in Rome. Italy. Get this? You guys heard of a treaty between two countries in World War II? Italy, Mussolini, right? And Hitler. Here we go. There's 365 provinces in Rome and there's 300 provinces in Germany. Every single day, one goes against another. There's some kind of opposition. 
and it kills or knocks one out, and they're unable to create one unified king between these two countries. And that's the ring that Hashem held him back with. Listen to this. In the history of World War II, Hitler made many pacts, covenants, and treaties with countries that made sense uh, military-wise. And he broke every treaty of his. He made them and broke them, made them and broke them one after another. There was one country that all the military professionals, advisors, don't know why he made a treaty with. Italy had no power, a stupid, bad, weak army. It had no benefit to Hitler. And it was his longest standing treaty. And as, as soon as he broke that one, that's when the world war turned over and Hitler started losing. If, if Hitler, if Germany was unified with Rome, with Italy, he had the power to destroy the world. And if he's disconnected from Italy, that's going to hold him back. Amazing. Just go ahead, Hitler got angry with Mussolini and that's when it went down.